Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello everybody. And Blake, Iowa Gopher. A pleasure to be back as always. Well, this was a uh, certainly a big weekend for Gopher football. Um, it turns out all three of us on the uh, pod were in Colorado due to some form of a communication snafu. Uh, we didn't realize Blake was in Colorado. Uh, Gopher Nation was there, Andy was there, I was there, uh, and Blake was there, but we didn't we didn't realize. I that. operate in a bubble. I don't I don't maintain outside contact with the outside world, so this is completely normal for me. Just completely off grid. Don't want don't want the don't want the world keeping tabs on you. Literally off grid in this case because I did not realize the stadium in Colorado had Wi Fi. Um, so I just assumed that uh, I had to settle for no reception the whole game. But uh, you know, mistakes were made. <laughs> One mistake that was not made was going on the trip. It was a it was a fantastic trip. I think before we talk about the trip more generally. Uh, let's just talk about the the game uh, itself. Um, I'd say, like, what's your what was your favorite uh, aspect uh, of the win over Colorado? And we'll start with Andy. You know, uh, I guess for me, I'd I'd have to say, um, well, one, the combination of the, of the defense coming to play, um, you know, really shutting down any semblance of, of Colorado running game. Um, and, and then letting the quarterback fend for themselves. I mean, Colorado's got a, a pretty, well, at least on paper, a pretty damn good running game, and and Minnesota completely wiped that out. They didn't let uh, anything happen on the ground, which was a huge positive. And then vice versa, Minnesota exploiting the running game, uh, not only through Trey Potts having his second consecutive great game as a, as a starter, uh, but, but getting... Uh, getting Bucky Irving and, and Kai Thomas some action, and both of them looking really, really good. Uh, granted, it probably was against Colorado's second team, so you can't tell that much, but uh, just the explosiveness we saw from those two uh, was is a really pleasant thought going forward the rest of this season and heading into the future that uh, our, our backfield is pretty well stacked. Blake, how about you? What really warmed your heart uh, on that uh, beautiful Colorado afternoon? And I really love a dominant defensive effort, but I, I honestly, I, my, my heart of hearts, my favorite aspect was the emergence of Bucky Irving. I don't know if you saw it too, Flex said this week on, I think, his radio show that um, the team has uh, altered his nickname to Bucko because uh, they don't they obviously associate Bucky with <laughs> Wisconsin. So, the, I, I, you know, I, I'll call him Bucky. The team can call him Bucko. Bucko. I mean, unless it's universally adopted, I'll continue to call him Bucky. But um, I think the pair and spare concept has been a bit of a concern since since Mo went down. I think he was even a concern when Mo was healthy, who was going to replace him. But we obviously know what we have in Trey Potts now. But uh, Bucky Irving, man, he's got some moves. And cause to me, that the, the the most attractive aspect of a running back is their ability to make the first guy miss. And on his first carry, I think he made at least one, he made one guy miss and stiff armed. I think at least two others. And just for a true freshman, he looked really good, really confident, assured, like very assured, um, ran with a full head of steam. He was so close several times to breaking long runs. Uh, I think he had a pretty good, maybe a 30 yard one late in the fourth, fourth quarter, but he looked good. Kai Thomas looked really good. Um, I'll be really curious to see if that becomes the parent of spare moving forward as Potts, Irving, and then 
Kai Thomas is your spare. Um, I've never really been sold on Cam Wiley. I, I, he, he runs so upright. Uh, he goes down first contact. He's just not, his vision isn't great. He's not very decisive in, in attacking the hole. Um, Bryce Williams, I'm not sure what's, you know, what's happened to him the past couple of years. He had, I know he had a really good freshman year, I think, when he and Mo were, took over for um, Rodney Smith um, and Shannon Brooks. But um, yeah, to me, based on this game, I, I'm really excited about those three and curious to see if that's going to be the group moving forward that gets the most carries. But yeah, to me, that was probably the highlight of the game for me. Well, I think moving forward is actually a really good point. Do you feel like we learned enough from this game that you can start feeling solid in some opinions about the team? Or are we still working on a little bit of a small sample size uh, when it comes to making decisions, given the up-and-down nature of what we've seen so far? I I would say by week three, you know if you have a a good team or a bad team. I'd say this is a good team. I I don't know if I'm willing to go beyond that. Um, cause obviously the quality of opponents different. We really don't know how good Ohio, Ohio state at this point is in, in week three, you know, they had the week one went over Minnesota, then they lost to Oregon and they kind of struggled to put Tulsa away. It's just week three is just, it's so tough to get into nuances. And I think one of the conversation pieces you saw this week was the top, a lot of the top 10 teams didn't look like top 10 teams, um, nationally. So it's just, I think it's, it's, it's hard at this point in the season to really know who's really that good. I think you can just narrow it into good teams, bad teams. And I'd say Minnesota seems like a, a good team. Uh, but it's a long season and they need to be more consistent on the defensive side of the ball. This is obviously a great game. I know well, people point out Colorado doesn't have the best offense, but I mean, if this defense had struggled against that offense, people would have been complaining. So we have to give them credit when they take care of business against a bad offense. Um, I think they'll do the same against a bad offense this, this Saturday, but we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, I think it, as I'm, all I'm willing to say is I, I know this is a good team at this point. I'm just, just a question of how good um, they can be and how good they will be. Looking a little more at the trip, uh, Andy, you know, how would you summarize uh, going to Colorado as a, as a road trip destination? Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, we, we stayed in Denver. We didn't stay out in Boulder that much. And Denver is a, is a really fun city. There were lots of things to do, lots of great neighborhoods, great food, great drink. Um, you know, we were sort of limited in our interaction to, to Boulder just on Saturday. Um, but the one thing that at least we found interesting is that um, there there isn't a ton of, you know, close to campus early football Saturday bar action. Um you know, we were looking for we were looking for a place because we didn't have anybody to tailgate with the relatively close walk to the stadium, and we couldn't find any place till about nine a.m. And even at that, uh, the place which is, I mean, arguably it's the closest to the stadium. It probably would be the equivalent of of, of the distance that Stub and Herbs is from from Huntington Bank Stadium. They didn't open till nine, and they weren't really packed at all pregame. Now it filled up big time postgame. But, I mean, that was what was one of the things that was sort of shocking to me is that, you know, you're an eight-minute walk from the stadium and you have no problem getting getting drinks, you know, for an hour and a half before the game, which was a little surprising. But, um, you know, Boulder seems like a, a nice town. Um, you know, it, it, we weren't down on Pearl Street or anything like that, so it's hard to give it a full review. But uh, I, I can definitely give uh, two thumbs up to Denver, that's for sure. Yeah, I really enjoyed... Denver. I think we probably would have really enjoyed Boulder if we'd stayed there. It was just, frankly, a lot less expensive to stay in Denver than it was to stay in Boulder. Um, Blake, 
you know, what was your experience? I know you had to duck in and out a little faster than, than Andy and I did. Yeah, so I flew in Friday and flew out su- Sunday, so I just kind of had all day Saturday uh, to be there. I would say the, the Boulder campus is really cool. Like, it's really unique. It's, it's you know, the Boulder, the town is kind of nestled in, inside uh, a mountain range. Uh, and you can see that the mountains, uh, when you're sitting in the stadium as the backdrop, uh, really unique setting, really unique campus. Um, it was, the sun was shining the whole game. The, the thing was, the sun was on my left side the whole game. Um, so, I mean, I got burned on both sides of my face, but one side, the degree of burns was definitely more significant. And of course, I had sunglasses on, so there was uh, a nice little tan line there. So that's a rookie mistake, son. You got to reapply at halftime. I didn't apply any. I never apply any sunscreen. I'm just. I don't. Oh. I don't think. I just. My brain doesn't work that way. I just. You're. 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 You're actually a mile closer to the sun in thinner air, and you're like, nah. I'm just gonna take my midwestern skin. Go for it. See, this is science stuff. I don't. I. I don't know science. I plead ignorance when it comes to math and science. So that's that's really what it is for me. Um, I always there's always part of me that's like, you know, you should put on sunscreen. But then when it comes time, my brain's just like, ah, you'll be fine. And then I just get burned. So you know, it's just a classic <laughs> case of keep putting your hand on the stove and it gets burned, and you just keep doing it. Just talking about putting your hand on the stove. By the end of the game, I was I was well protected from the sun, but you know, uh, tired in the good way that comes from beverage and sunshine. Uh, and we were taking a photo by the Ralphie statue and the Minnesota fans coming down from taking the photo literally right before us said, don't put your hand on Ralphie. It's been in the sun all day. You will burn your hand. And I put my forearm down on Ralphie like 15 seconds later. And just that like, first touch and i was already like yep that's pinked up that's that's not good (laughs) you literally told me not to do that and i'm i'm dumb so i yeah i one thing i thought was really cool um was that the stadium doesn't look like a stadium from the outside it really feels like an academic building honestly and that was uh just a i don't honestly an experience i don't think i've had before i've been around many good-looking stadiums, historic-looking stadiums, but never a stadium that didn't immediately declare itself to be a stadium from the outside. And I thought that was pretty neat. That and Ralphie running, um, that was way cooler than I thought it was going to be. And I already thought it was going to be pretty cool. Uh, And even with it being a baby Ralphie, you know, only 500, only 500 pounds, quote unquote. Did you see the end of the run when they get it to the trailer? I yeah, dude, the dude, the dude, the, the dude got totally like slammed against the trailer door. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I was like, oh, that guy's okay. Yeah, I think that happens like every time somebody goes down. If you're going to try out to be a handler, you just know at some point if you're running with Ralphie, you're either face planting or getting thrown into something. I think it probably just part of the territory and i think i counted at least three lost hats among the wranglers <laughs> i also like the cartman intro for the second half <laughs> yeah so okay for anybody who wasn't there so you may be familiar with running ralphie it's when they literally have their their uh their bison that is their mask their live mascot and they run it out past midfield and it loops back and it runs into a a, a, a pen a truck um, right off the right off the field, Ralphie has her, uh, her own hype video before the game, 
And then at halftime, they run Ralphie again to bring the team on. And at halftime, uh, they have, uh, I don't, I guess, I don't remember if it's Trey Parker or Matt Stone who voices Cartman, but whoever voices Cartman for South Park did a recording for the university where Cartman introduces Ralphie. And it was, it was fantastic. So highly recommend uh, a trip out to Colorado. If you have not been, you will have many a good thing to eat and drink and enjoy the sunshine, I think. Okay. Um, well, I, you know, we were in obviously a good mood uh, with the Gopher win. I think there are plenty of other things that can put you in a good mood. I'm wondering what made you laugh this week, and I'm going to start with Blake. Uh, there was a – I don't know if people noticed, but Nebraska managed to cover the spread against Oklahoma. They only lost 23-16. to 16. And then I think Mitch Sherman for The Athletic published an article shortly afterward that described uh, the way Nebraska fans were treated with reverence by the Oklahoma fans. Um, in, a, in a fashion that they are not accustomed to uh, being in the Big Ten now. Apparently they just don't get much respect for some reason from their Big Ten brethren. But Oklahoma, you know, their traditional rival, game of the century, however many years ago, 50 years ago, um, just showed a lot of reverence for them. Um, I believe there's a story about some Nebraska fans had a flat tire and some Oklahoma fans stopped and drove them to town or something like that. So... Um, I guess, you know, good for Nebraska fans for finally finding somewhere where people, you know, treat them with uh, the respect they, they seem to deserve. So, that yeah, that definitely made me laugh. I just think it's – and honestly, I think it's it, the – I think unintentionally it's a situation where um, people just don't see Nebraska as a threat anymore. So, it's kind of like just like Oklahoma fans patting their heads and Nebraska fans not realizing that they're just being kind of talked down to. But uh, that's just – that's my take. Uh, you know, obviously – Mitch Sherman and the Nebraska faithful feel different, but you know, I'm at least glad they had a you know a nice congenial uh, weekend in Norman. For me, it was Burt in Illinois, uh, just absolutely choking away uh, a game against Maryland that was winnable. I especially liked when uh, Brandon Peters threw uh, on third and I don't know 36 or something uh, through a ball to his guard after fleeing the pocket and turning himself. Basically he had eight, eight uh, Maryland players surrounding him because he ran out of his pocket into, into that situation. And then he said, Oh oh my God. And he just threw it to his offensive guard. Cause that was a dude with an Illinois helmet on. And obviously that didn't work out. Um, you know, there's, you know, rules against that kind of thing. And Maryland got the ball back and easily got into field goal range and kicked the field goal and it was all over. So here's to Illinois for doing Illinois things for Brett Bielema. Just the nicest guy. Certainly, definitely guaranteed to turn them around, I think. Uh, Andy, for you, what, what what made you chuckle this week? Uh, it's got to be the uh, hashtag conference of champions. The, uh, the, the, the Pac-12 in football. Uh, they went they went five and five in in non conference games this week, not including the uh, the Washington State USC game in which Washington State took a fourteen nothing lead and then promptly lost the game forty five to fourteen to USC, which is funny in its own right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the Pac twelve went five and five in non conference. Uh, those losses included obviously Minnesota beating Colorado, uh, Fresno State upsetting number thirteen UCLA. 
Which, by the, the way, Rose how Bowl. are they number 13 is right. my question. BYU now 3-0 and in the Pac-12 uh, after beating <laughs> Arizona State. Already have beating Utah and Arizona this season. Uh, a barn burner of a triple overtime game, San Diego State beating Utah 33-31. And then, of course, who can forget Northern Arizona with the big win over in-state rival? Yes, I said rival. Arizona, 21-19. to Incidentally, how long do you think it's been since Northern Arizona beat Arizona? Uh, very, very long time. Blake, can you actually put a, a date to that, a year to that? To what? What did he say? How how long has it been since Northern Arizona beat Arizona? Oh man, I gotta look this up. No, you can't look it up. You gotta guess. I have to guess. Oh, I thought you were like expecting me to be like an expert. I was like, how am I, Chris? How am I supposed to know when Northern Arizona? I know the answer. So I the, think I remember. So the last time Northern Arizona beat Arizona, um, nineteen seventy-one. Nineteen thirty-two. Okay, that was my first thought. I was like, I was, maybe it's not that far back, and I, then I so jumped up to the seventies. I should have gone with my gut. Jed Fish, ladies and gentlemen, Jed Fish. Fantastic head coach. Right up there with Brett Bielema. Uh Well, as you know, I think in, in other good news, uh, it wasn't just the Gophers who had a good weekend. Volleyball grabbed a sweep. Is that uh, correct, Andy? Yeah, they uh, they came home, hosted the their annual Diet Coke Classic, and uh, the, the level of non-conference competition got uh, slightly weaker. Uh, you know, they had played something like five out of their six first night conference games are against ranked top 25 teams. Um, and they had gone, they had gone three and three in those coming off of a big pack 12 sweep. Uh, they came home uh, Thursday night and they played St. Thomas in the first ever uh, official division one matchup between the Gophers and the Tommies. Uh, needless to say, St. Thomas isn't quite there yet as the Gophers easily cruised to a three Oh sweep. In fact, at one point it looked like St. Thomas wasn't even going to, get into double digits. They didn't, in fact, get into double digits in the second and third sets. Um, and then the Gophers hosted Iowa State on Saturday night and, and similarly uh, didn't have too much trouble. The uh, The Cyclones made it a little bit closer, but the Gophers with another 3-0 sweep. So they enter uh, the Big Ten play this upcoming weekend after a 5-3 and non-conference season. They're ranked number nine in the country. Uh, and they'll open up play Friday night at home in the PAV when they host Michigan at 8 p.m. live on BTN, and then they host Maryland on Sunday. Um, Michigan has been receiving votes in the poll. They're they're hanging right around that top 25 layer. Maryland uh, went 12-0 and in the non-conference, but I believe they literally played one match against a team that wasn't just like an absolute small conference cupcake. So... Um, Maryland will get a uh, swift uh, dose of reality after their week night conference. They start out, of course, uh, Friday night in Madison to play the number two Badgers and then come to Minneapolis to play the Gophers after that. So uh, good luck with that, Terps. But uh, it should be a, a good, uh, you know, competitive, but it should be two easy wins for the Gophers to open up Big Ten play here uh, this weekend. Some Culver's news, I believe, as well. Has, has been announced? It was uh, it was officially announced. Uh, Culver's is back after a few-year hiatus um, in which, you know, the, the fans would still shout at Gopher Hockey Games uh, after the fourth goal that we want Culver's to try and get the fifth goal. Previously, for, for several years, uh, five goals at a Minnesota Hockey home game got, uh, got everybody in 
in the stadium a uh, a free scoop of Culver's, and uh, the the Gopher hockey program announced on Twitter earlier today on Wednesday that that is officially back. Uh, Culver five goal Culver's is back. So uh, with this offensive juggernaut coming back uh, on this team, I think there will be a, a lot of free custard being consumed by uh, Gopher fans this year, which makes many of us very very happy. Uh, and cross country, <clears throat> excuse me, cross country is ranked. Yeah, the women ranked number ten in the nation. Uh, they uh, they and the men will host their annual big, huge uh, cross country meet, the Roy Griak Invitational, Friday uh, at Les Bolstad Golf Course. Um, Friday, not Saturday. Normally it's Saturday, but doing it f- Friday because Saturday is uh, obviously homecoming in football. Um, and you've got several other national big teams coming in for this meet. It's it's always a huge thing, um, you know. It, it should be fun uh, if you're into cross country at all. It's always it's always worth a trip out to uh, the golf course to watch. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how the uh, the Gophers can do against some some top national competition once again this weekend, and and hopefully continue to uh, work on that uh, that spot. We'll keep them near the top ten of the country and and ready to make a threat to uh, win the Big Ten. Well, as uh, Andy alluded, obviously this weekend is homecoming. It is a gopher football game, and it's against Bowling Green. Bowling Green, of course, uh, resides in the brains of many gopher fans as the team that put Tim Brewster flat on his face. Uh, This does not appear to be a situation where the gophers are either so bad or Bowling Green so good that we should worry about a similar P.J. Fleck visage. Uh, but Blake can give us a little more detail, I think, about what to expect uh, from Bowling Green. Yeah, I'm not worried about this game. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to throw that out there. Uh, it's, I mean, it's tough for one thing to get a gauge on how how good Bowling Green is. I can say with confidence I don't think this is a good football team. Um, just looking at their results over the first three weeks, they had a week one loss to Tennessee, 38-6. to Then they lost... 22-19 to a Sun Belt team, South Alabama. Then they had a 17-point win over FCS Murray State for their first win of the season last year, or for the first win of the season last week. Um, they didn't even have a rushing touchdown until that third game. They went without a rushing touchdown for those first two games. Um, on the good side, uh, their quarterback, Matt McDonald, who's a former Boston College transfer, last year he threw six interceptions and one touchdown in their own five season. But this year he's already surpassed his Season touchdown total with two touchdowns through the first three games. So right away, they've got to be feeling pretty good about that passing game. Wait, um, hold on, hold on. Two touchdowns in three games. Yeah, two touchdowns, two passing touchdowns in three games. And they played an FCS in a Sun Belt. Yes. This is, and they're averaging uh, 53 rushing yards per game and 1.9 yards per carry. And that's with a Sun Belt team in the FCS team. It, this is a pretty bad team. Uh, offensively, I mean, I think it could be a similar outcome to the Colorado game um, just because the matchup seems the same. It's a team that struggles. I mean, Colorado had a pretty good running game. Bowling Green does not. I'd say Bowling Green's probably going to try and pass more because um, I don't expect them to get the running game going. Um, but yeah, I just, but they're also, when they drop back to pass, they've, their quarterback's been sacked seven times because he's, he's operating behind a line, an offensive line that has three sophomores and one freshman in the starting five. Um, it's just, this is a really young, inexperienced offense in particular. Um, that I just don't see if Minnesota plays as well as they can. I mean, if obviously they have a repeat of the second half against Miami of Ohio, maybe Bowling Green puts up some points. Um, 
but I just I'm not I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and then defensively for the Falcons, I mean they've they held Tennessee to 38 points, which I think is kind of a moral victory for them. Although I don't know how good Tennessee is. Uh, they only allowed 22 to South Alabama, and then I think they only allowed 10 to FCS Murray State. So their their performances have improved, but the quality of opponent has has dropped each week. So I don't know, really know how much you can read into that. Um, to me, the biggest thing um, that I'm focused on is the average size of their defensive line is 6'2", 275. And the average size of a Minnesota offensive lineman is 6'5", 334 pounds. So I, I think we're, I think there's going to be some um, mirror elements to this from the Colorado game. I think it's going to be a good, good, and a good matchup for Minnesota defensively and offensively. I think you're going to see a lot of Trey Potts, a lot of Mark, Bucky Irving, a lot of Kai Thomas. You know, Tanner Morgan probably have 12 to 15 pass attempts. Probably take some deep shots down the field. I assume they'll keep it pretty vanilla, but um, yeah, I just this to me is your classic Big Ten versus Mac matchup where there really isn't much of a threat um, for an upset. I think yeah, if they did lose this game, it would be a Brewster-esque. Uh, blunder and i just i you know pj fleck is undefeated um in the non-conference slate for a reason i think he knows how to take care of business people get frustrated with the way he takes care of business in the non-conference but i mean his record speaks for itself and while people are probably going to think this is going to be a walk in the park i'm sure we're going to come out of it with frustrations or criticisms like he the two-minute offense didn't look good uh they didn't they kicked they missed some field goals they you know didn't convert on third down very well. So um, I do think the final score will be very favorable for Minnesota, but I'm sure we'll have complaints about how they got there. But yeah, this is not a game I'm, I'm hugely concerned about, which, you know, famous last words. Uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to take that and, and just go, nah, <laughs> they got this. Yeah, well, I'm trying they to, got I'm, this. it'd be nice. I mean, I'm trying to remember the last blue. I mean, assuming it happens, we all, thought it might happen against Miami, but when was the last, obviously the Colorado blowout, I mean, you you can count that a blowout, that was pretty much a dominant performance, but I'm trying to think of like, when was the last time we had one of these, we played a weaker team and just, the game was over by the middle of the second quarter type, I'm looking back uh, at the schedule. San Jose State with the Strievler running for like 300 yards. I, know, I, I would argue, uh, I think that, was that the same year in New Mexico State, or was that? New Mexico State. Uh, that that was a different year. It was 2018 New Mexico State, the Thursday night opener. We won 48 to 10. That would be that would be the last you know the last time and honestly the last time under the PJ Fleck era that 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 happened. That they just went out and just steamrolled over a team they should steamroll over, and we didn't have any you know okay well whatever. It was like that's what you want to see in a game against these two teams. I mean. That I think is that would be what we'd love to see at the end of the day on Saturday. Is we went out, they did what they needed to do, and you know the third and fourth quarter had to be played because they had to be played. Running clock situation. I got you. That was the New Mexico State game was also I think uh, when Antoine Winfield had kick a punt return for a touchdown. I think that's when the game. That's, I think that's when the game was like okay, they're gonna run with this. So good game. Yeah, that game went fast. That was a nice game to watch on TV, honestly. All right, well, predictions. We we know what we want. What are we thinking we'll see? Uh, Andy, we'll start with you. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see more of the same. Um, you know, I'm not really quite ready to predict a 48-10 type score, but I do think it, it's going to be big. Um, I do think that Bowling Green might get some points either on a you know, on a defensive lapse for the Gophers, either a deep pass play, which we, we've shown we were susceptible on once or twice with a, with a competent quarterback, um, or just because it's going to get ugly and the Gophers are going to have their subs in for a good chunk of the fourth quarter. So I think I'm predicting 38-13. Uh, the Gophers cruise, P.J. Fleck, non-conference unbeaten streak continues to 2022 uh, and we can hopefully keep everybody healthy and start getting focused for uh, Purdue in a week I was going to predict a closer and by closer I mean a two touchdown loss uh, for Bowling Green two touchdown win for Minnesota Uh, just in a situation with "Eh, well maybe we'll play down to somebody again and then Blake talked and then I was like, mm, no, no, I feel better than that. So I'm going to go 35-10, Minnesota. And I'll go 34-6. I think it's going to be yeah somewhere in that range. I think that's what most people are probably are ballpark picking. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll be uh, WP fans that are frustrated with the final result. But, you know, all, the, all that matters is winning. So it is what it is. And obviously, Street's not here tonight, but uh, to continue his streak, uh, he, I, I remember what he had last week? Did he, did he? Well, he, I, he, no, did, he, he did not, he did not win last week, unfortunately. Kai, 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 Kai Thomas's late touchdown uh, caught him. Yep, that, that uh, broke his early season streak of uh, betting related predictions. <laughs> So last week he had said 25 points or less for the Gophers. Kai Thomas ruined that for him. Uh, This week he has uh, preemptively given me his prediction. He said uh, bet from Tanner Morgan to throw over two TD passes, which feels pretty right based on what Blake was saying. Uh, and with, with luck, all of us get to be happy. It's a massive blowout. The second half doesn't matter. Tanner Morgan throws for seven touchdowns. Uh, and the Gophers walk uh, their way towards Purdue um, in fantastic fashion. No matter what happens, uh, stay tuned next week for another edition of the Sky U Podcast. In the meantime, go Gophers. Sky U Ma, row the boat. <laughs>